You lazy piece of bleep. <laughs> All right, welcome. It's a good way to start. Welcome to a Friday of the Crosstalk PM. We're just going to expletive rant at Trigoski for the entire hour. So if you want to call in and just swear at him <laughs> or me, that's how we're doing it. It's okay to do that. Actually, it's not okay. From what I can tell, it's not okay to just yell and swear at, uh, it's not even, I wouldn't even say colleagues or coworkers no, like or high school students. Yeah. High school students. That's the, that's the thing about all of that is, when you uh, want to give an expletive-laden rant <laughs> for for doing something at work or not doing something or whatever to a colleague or a subordinate, uh, they shouldn't be like 15, 16, 17, whatever. They shouldn't be teenagers. Yeah, yeah, Rick. I mean, we're talking about the Senate pages and Congressman Derek Van Orden's uh, you've I think what is being called an expletive laden rant at them. That's what I call it. Yep. Yeah. So they were lying down on the floor in the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C. Now, it's a, I, I was there a while ago, like years ago. It's a really stunning building and a really stunning scene in the Capitol Rotunda. So I can understand why people would want to take pictures of it. As I recall, it was basically just a bunch of tourists standing around taking pictures in that particular area. And so apparently there's a tradition of Senate pages who are in their teens. They are high school students and they work in a very important role in the Senate. They do in many ways, the grunt work of the Senate, you know, passing messages back and forth, running errands, really the stuff that keeps the Senate functioning on a day-to-day basis. And so they were lying on the floor in the rotunda taking pictures of the ceiling. And it is quite a remarkable ceiling that they have in the Capitol. And Derek Van Orden, the member of Congress for our area, came through. This was really late at night. Yeah, about midnight, 1 a.m., somewhere around there. Yeah, and, and he was quoted... You know, by in Punchbowl Press, uh, Punchbowl News, a DC based media outlet, broke this story. He said, Wake the F up, you little S. What the F are you all doing? Get the F out of here. You are defiling the space, you pieces of S. Who the F? Who the F are you? All right, we get it. We get it. (laughs) He's yelling at a bunch of kids. Yeah. for, For. But one thing is, like, are they supposed to be working? Like, hey, go get to work. It's one in the morning. Yeah, the Senate pages work very long hours. I mean, especially the defense bill, maybe that night. They they did, Rick. I mean, especially as we are heading towards the August recess, the Congress likes to get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. Congress is notorious for really backloading a lot of their work until they're just about to get out of town. They are getting out of town for the August recess. They're not going to be back in session until September. Maybe they should pass some legislation where we all get an August recess. Yeah. just going to put the show on hold for an August. Um, All right. Let's, let's, UW lacrosse. Joe Gao's got maybe some interns or something. No, as Joe Gao. Yeah. Maybe who, okay. Joe Gao, if Joe Gao's the president, who is the Senate at UW Lacrosse? Oh, like the uh, like the chancellors, 
like vice chancellors. Okay, so the vice chancellor, and they've probably got some handlers. They've got some workers, oh, right? Oh, sure. Um, now you come around. No, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're pretty. You haven't been there that long. Nah, I mean, this I'm trying is going to be my sixth year. Yeah, you come along and you start just and and they're they're taking pictures of the big UWL sign mm-hmm. outside or something, and you just go and you just lay, lay into them, and they're they're college students mm-hmm. or something like right like they would be. Well, college students would be older than these people. They're high school interns that are at UWL working there for the summer for the vice chancellor. Mm-hmm. And you just lay into them and just start swearing at them. Would you have a job? No, 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 <laughs> right? no, I would. And not. I get it. The job is different because it's a, a voted in position and whatnot. But uh, yeah, if you laid into the vice chancellor's interns that are high school students for the summer and just told them they were lazy pieces of bleep and get the bleep to work and whatnot. It's hard to. It's scary to do that. You like say that on the mic because you can't actually. I know. It's like, right? whoa! I, I, did I bleep the police? I know a significant majority of this cannot be said on the air. Yeah. So anyway, that that's where my distinction comes from. All of this because if it's if it's here at the radio station and I screw up and someone comes in here and yells at me, I'm an adult mm-hmm. and I screwed up, or I may, or maybe I didn't screw up. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they just get. Maybe they were in their office drinking and then just had a problem that night and then took it out on me. But also the the Senate interns, the Senate passed the defense bill, so we could talk about that a little bit. Eight hundred sure. and almost nine hundred billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Were what do you think? Like two more, three more times, and we'll be at a trillion. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we got to draw the line somewhere with the military budget. We're almost to a trillion dollars. Yeah, Rick. When you talk about the military budget, one of the areas of bipartisan agreement in Washington is to increase the defense budget. So the bill that you referenced that passed the Senate was 86 in favor and 11 against. So this was a lopsided vote. Both Tammy Baldwin and Ron Johnson voted in favor of the defense bill. And it was only a handful yeah, of 11. senators on both sides it's, who oh, voted against. It's just baffling every time that this is military spending. Let's do it. It doesn't matter because any other time it's like, how are we going to pay for it? And then there's the military because whatever, like military, industrial, even Ron Johnson put in his statement. He put some crazy stuff in his statement. That about about signing onto the bill, but he did say, you know, maybe we've given the military. He literally said, maybe we've given the military-industrial complex too much power. You know, I think there were reservations among senators. Ultimately, most of them voted in favor of it because, as we've noted, this is one of the few areas of bipartisan cooperation that are left in Washington when it comes to increasing the defense budget. 608-785-7914. Someone was trying to call in, but like the phone wasn't working. So if you, uh, that was you, try to call back. Uh, UW lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. Welcome. We're just, <laughs> we're going to expletive uh, rant at him before uh, we even introduce him. Now you can all, now you all know who, who you want to, you know, swear. I actually don't call in and swear. I probably won't take any calls now because I put it out there <laughs> right. and I only have, it's so, risky now. I only have so many buttons to push, uh, dump buttons to push before I run out of uh, extra time. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. Brad's got to do the news. We'll we'll come back and see what other trouble we can get into. All right, man. Welcome back to the Coast. I can't. Do that. that wasn't terrible. I was trying to do like uh, I'm I'm stoned. Welcome back to the Coast. <laughs> there we go. Welcome back to the Coast. Talk PM, man. Friday, we're just chilling here at the Wisdom Studio. <laughs> Could do this next week. Actually, this week. And, and where we're at right now is illegal. <laughs> we're not smoking weed in here. Definitely not. We'll have to do uh, a remote broadcast in Minnesota. And then we can't do it in public. Right. 
because it sounds like if you if you heard I talked to the La Crescent mayor, they're trying to pass legislation. It sounds like I'm guessing anyway, because the Democrats in Minnesota, they took over the government and then they they like steamrolled through legislation. They went to town without probably without dotting all the J's, the lowercase J's and crossing all the uh, lowercase and uppercase T's, maybe left some of them uppercase T's eyes. And then uh, and when you do that, then you legalize marijuana and the, but then you leave huge loopholes like, oh, is it actually legal to just smoke outside in a park? Yeah. And and from what I could tell, it was like, OK, well, you know what? That's good. We give each municipality, each locality the ability to say, no, you don't get to smoke weed in a park or maybe there's a weed smoking area <laughs> in the park, which would be super funny. You just see a bunch of people smoking doobies in the corner of a park. Um, but but it didn't sound that easy according to the La Crescent mayor, Mike Pellinger. And and then also then it's it's another one of those, hey, hire some lawyers. And Rick, this has been pretty typical of states that legalize marijuana for recreational consumption. There are things that need to be resolved even after legalization goes into effect. Some of the issues that you mentioned regarding local control over marijuana consumption. And so this has been a pretty common experience. I mean, we think about it. Marijuana legalization in the United States is still pretty darn new. It was only relatively recently that the state of Colorado took the jump through being the first state to legalize marijuana for recreational consumption. So we're still learning a lot about how exactly this works. There's a lot to still be figured out. And no doubt Minnesota is going to go through some struggles, some figure it out moments as they try to make this new industry, this new system work. Do you remember this headline from a couple of weeks ago? Minnesota officials say error and tax cut bill could cost taxpayers $352 million. Yeah, not the first time we've seen a problem with the lawmaking process in Minnesota. What error is that? You're just like, we're making a tax cut bill. Whoops, $350 million. Yeah, (laughs) and and, and Rick, it really calls to mind the legislation that ended up legalizing THC uh, edibles in Minnesota, where a lot of legislators in Minnesota did not know what they were voting right. for. They did not understand the bill and they voted for it. And boom, all of a sudden, THC well, edibles were legal in the state. Well, I think what they thought they were passing was TLC, yeah. that that rap group, TLC. The learn, or the don't Learning ch- Channel. Oh, the Learning Channel. You're right. That's a better joke. Uh, I was thinking, like, don't go chasing waterfalls. Oh, is TLC. That, is they're great. TLC? They're great. So, oh, yeah. So, by the way, that's why we played Willie Nelson, because uh, oh, yeah, Minnesota in yep. a couple days uh, legalized. <laughs> it's actually, I've, I've been told it was actually legalized now, but the it doesn't go into effect until August 1st. Right. When you can start lighting up. Uh, we're going to go to the phones. I think this is Brett. Brett, you there? Yeah, I... I'm just, you know, wondering about, you know, Derek Von Orden's got a problem. I mean, the only guy Orner right now on your station is probably Mike Hayes in the morning. But other than that, uh, you know, I think he needs to be in a straight jacket. Uh, I, Wait a minute. I don't know what's wrong with the guy. Brett, should did you say Mike Hayes needs to be in a straight jacket? Is that what? <laughs> Well, I think him and Derek Van Orden <laughs> can be both in a straight jacket, but you know, but um, Derek Van Orden's got a problem. Um, he's nuts. <laughs> you know, he had a problem with laying on the floor in the rotunda, but he didn't have a problem with his goons on January sixth. Yeah, know, he needs to answer some questions. 
yeah. Freaking uh, crazy. Thanks for the thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Brett. Um, that that was one of the distinctions I I thought about when when Derek Van Orden's excuse because he didn't it, because he could say I didn't swear at a bunch of kids sure. for laying on the floor. Sure. Also, these are a bunch of kids. How is there not video? Yeah. Do you think the Senate the Senate leaders of those interns those pages went? Give me your phones. Yeah, Rick. So what happened was one of the pages immediately wrote down what was being said. And there's actually a journalist who I follow in D.C. who informed the pages that whenever a member of Congress talks to them, says something maybe a little strange, says something maybe that they would want to record, they should write it down immediately. Now, in Congress, there are regulations surrounding the use of electronic devices. So that could have come into play. But they were taking pictures of the rotunda ceiling, so they were using... Well, they were on camera mode. Not, yeah, so, they were photo mode, not so video So when I'm laying mode. on my back, taking pictures of the ceiling, and probably, like, goofing around, right? Yeah, they're, these yeah. are Their last week of work, it's, it's Thursday or Wednesday night at I midnight. I mean, and these are kids in a stodgy body like the they're United at, States Senate. They're at summer camp. Yeah. They're at summer camp, and it's midnight, and they're done, right? right. They probably just got done. The Senate probably just passed the $860 billion defense bill. I, I want to say, just, Rick, that this was their last day of work, actually. And so that would have been on their second-to-last day when oh, they sure. were— yelled at by representative Van. so just think about like anyone that's been to summer camp and it's like like your last you know time seeing these other kids basically your friends for summer your summer flings whatever they're trying to make memories they're taking pictures and then Derek van orden strolls up and starts swearing at you you're gonna take your camera from the ceiling and just go and then hold your butt hold the record button down while he just there's no way that this isn't on video what i'm saying is is uh the Senate, whoever the, the the Senate leader, you know, you probably showed Mitch. Mitch, I'm I'm Mitch McConnell's intern, right? Like Mitch, check it out. I, Derek Van Orn just screamed at us, and he probably de- he probably just d- delete that. We're not using that. Oh, because they're totally going to listen to the Senate. They they will within half a day. This incident had made its way to the Washington D.C. press, and what was notable, Rick, is that Derek Van Orden doubled down when he was asked by reporters what exactly happened in this situation. He declined to apologize. He said on the Dan O'Donnell show in Milwaukee today, I'm not going to apologize. The I, I'm not going to apologize for someone defiling the house. So he is doubling down. And there are some different ways that you can play an incident like this. I mean, one way that you can play an incident like this is simply to apologize, saying, look, I lost my temper, I acted in a a way that I regret. And if you apologize, traditionally, in a situation like this, the story just goes away. Yeah, everybody, nobody cares after that. But like, okay, it was late, uh, it was a stressful day, you could give... Any of the excuses, the, and and Brett called in. He made the, the excuse that you're desecrating the uh, U.S. Capitol, where, which he, which Van Orden in a statement later said was a field hospital during the Civil War, and soldiers may have died here, or did die here. Um, okay, but you didn't do that January six when people were literally smearing bleep on the wall. You didn't. You didn't come out. You a. You didn't come out later and go. That's you're desecrating Capitol. Nobody should be doing that. And then b. You didn't also try to go and yell at those people on January 6th. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't you know, swear at them. You know, Rick, I, I think there are, like I said, multiple ways to handle this. I mean, one way to handle this would have been to ask 
the students what they were doing and to find out more information about what they were doing and maybe to inform them that in my point of view, just speaking as Representative Van Orden, they should not be doing this. And just to kind of explain and maybe make it a, a learning experience for them. Yeah, the other way, in, in my head, I would, I would I actually have seen this. This is why I talked to Steve Doyle about this yesterday, because he takes tours of the, US, or the Wisconsin Capitol. Sure. And they literally lay on the floor. There are pictures every year of him and fourth graders and their parents laying on the floor taking pictures of the ceiling. So in my head, and if Van Orden wants to give the like history lesson and be like, hey, kids, you know, can you can you keep it down? What are you guys doing? Oh, you're taking a picture of the you know the rotunda actually used to be a field hospital during the Civil War, and I it's cool that you want to like take pictures and, and get the but here's the history of it, and then just lay on the floor and take pictures with them. Yeah, that would have been kind of a fun moment, and honestly, Rick, it was quite interesting to see Representative Chip Roy of Texas, who's a very conservative Republican post a picture of himself on social media today lying on the floor in the rotunda and posted actually a pretty cool picture of the ceiling. And I recall that Chip Roy used to be the chief of staff for Ted Cruz in the United States Senate. So Chip Roy would understand the role of the Senate pages, and he would also understand the House versus Senate rivalry. It's quite intriguing that Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader in the Senate, said that all of the Republican senators shared their concern and their level of criticism about what Derek Van Orden did. I I heard that the Senate pages have more power, are thought to be more prestigious than rookie House congressmen. Like they're the Senate pages, you know, there are only a hundred people. It's just like being an owner of an NFL team. There's only a hundred of them, you know? Oh, in the eyes of the Senate? Absolutely. The Senate tends to look down on the House of Representatives, and there tends to be a rivalry between the House and the Senate. So, Rick, as a political scientist, honestly, that's where my mind first went when this story broke, because I was thinking about the uneasy peace that can exist between the House and the Senate and how easily that uneasy peace can be disrupted and all of a sudden conflict erupts between the House and the Senate. And the easiest way to disrupt that uneasy peace and create tension or outright conflict is to have a moment like this. And so I wasn't surprised to see the senators of both parties rally in support of their institution, in support of their pages. In because, support of the teenagers that are getting them coffee. I mean, gee, you yeah, know, just, you know, it's crazy. Like I said, the pages serve a very important when, role. When, when you think of pages, do you, does anything come to mind when you think of like, who are these kids? Because in a, in a way, they're like Steve Doyle said, his daughter was a, a capital page. I think she he, he, she was actually a house page. They must they ended that program, I believe. That's what he told us on the air yesterday. But so they're so I'm not right away. I don't think of them as TJ, uh, teenagers. Right away, I think of Thirty Rock and Kenneth the Page. You ever yeah. watch Thirty Rock? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Kenneth the really weird guy yep, in Thirty yep, Rock. Yep. That's that has to like get everything for Tracy Morgan. Um, or Tracy Jordan, I guess is his name on the show, but, uh, yeah. So right away I think, oh, he yelled at Kenneth the page. That's fine. But no, these are, these are kids. You know, Rick, I've sat in the balcony of the United States Senate and just observed what was going on. And I couldn't help but notice these young people who were sitting around and doing a lot of the dirty work and were doing a lot of the things that maybe no one else really wants to do in the United States Senate. And it just occurred to me that the Senate would not be able to function without these young people who are doing a lot of the 
not very glamorous duties in the United States Senate. The thing, too, you mentioned young people because they got to do all the running around. Why? Because Mitch McConnell literally has a stroke yeah. while he's talking, while he's addressing the, the public. You know, Rick, the, media. the average age in the United States Senate is 65. And there are very elderly senators who are clearly in poor health like Mitch McConnell. Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. She has had a lot of health problems. Her capacity to serve has been called into question. We're seeing more and more reports indicating that Mitch McConnell has had multiple falls. He had a very serious concussion. Yeah, he just got out of the hospital. Yeah, he was in the hospital and out of the Senate for a number of weeks. What do we do do there? Because... Obviously, no, I, I think as a nation, as just sane people, we all can agree that Diane Feinstein in her condition, as she's a California senator, right? And Mitch McConnell, we've seen, we, we don't see that enough, but we've seen it at least once. And now we've, we're hearing stories about this. Like, like, can we, do we have to really negotiate? Well, if you take our Republican senator, then you can take our Democratic senator. And, you know, because they could remove these people, right? You know, these individuals could resign. They could voluntarily leave. They cannot really be forced to leave. They can't? Okay. I mean, you know, you can expel a member of Congress, but in this situation, that simply would not happen. They would have to voluntarily retire. Is it because... It's just mean to pick on someone who's Yeah, you know, traditionally the Senate has, let's just say, been discreet about individuals who are in poor health. Chagoski's dad just celebrated his 70th 70th birthday. birthday. And my dad's in that age. At some point, our dads are not going to be able to drive. Right. And we're going to have to have a conversation with our parents about, hey, we're going to take your car from you. This thing that has been their entire lives. I mean, we could even think about when we're at that age. This is it. Like we, we you, oh, we can't pick on Diane Feinstein or Mitch McConnell because they're elderly and you know declining in health. We have to kick them out of the Senate. That's mean. We shouldn't do that. Um, yeah, we have to take their license away. We have to be a little bit mean here because they, they're one of a hundred people that are running the most powerful people in the world. Yeah, Rick. When Mitch McConnell froze up for about twenty seconds, seemed to be unable to speak. It got a lot of interest in the ages of United States members of Congress and just the extent to which there are more and more older people. Now, I believe that age discrimination is a significant problem in our society, but there's a difference between age discrimination in general and capacity to serve in a top government position. Yeah, there's two different things. I mean, uh, Chuck Grassley's 91. He's 89. 89. Feinstein is 90. Well, here's the thing. Diane Feinstein is like in a wheelchair and she, like, whatever, like her ability to communicate at some point in time have been bad. Yeah, Rick, actually just the other day, she had to be told by another senator how to vote because she was in a committee voting on the defense bill that we just talked about and she was called on to cast her vote, but she just started reading her speech. So she wasn't aware that it was actually time to vote. And so the Senator who was sitting next to her said, no, 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 just, just say, I just say, I, that's all you need to do. The Senator sitting next to her should have just started swearing at her for being stupid (laughs) and lazy. Um, last thing too, Chuck Grassley, I I wasn't picking on his age, but he, he posts pictures of himself jogging sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're not videos. They're not their pictures. Also, uh, before we take a break, that thing I, I sent you earlier today or yesterday about uh, we we need state we need new versions of statements. Did you mm, remember seeing that? Yeah, right, yeah. We got to take a break. I got to talk about this statement thing when we come back. 
dog song. <laughs> also, alcohol is legal, man. This isn't a weed song. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Dragoski. Hanging out here in the LBC. The W-I-Z. <laughs> M to the Izzo. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop that. Um, all right, we were talking about a uh, man. We've I've, I think we can put the Van Orden talk to bed because I'm just kind of sick of talking about it. <laughs> uh, don't yell at teenagers. That's a lesson learned. And then don't double down on it. Um, Rick, all right. I, I just think one more thing I would mention. Oh man! All right, geez. <laughs> is, is that I think the main impact of this is going to be a bit of a fundraising bump for the Wisconsin Democrats because they are aggressively fundraising off of this incident. They are blasting it out on social media. In that, in that regard, Rebecca Cook, who announced like last week Monday, is she just sitting back? <laughs> Rick, she's just, doing, she's just laughing her, her bleep off because she because uh, her fundraising has got to get in a bump too, right? Rick, this is why you get into the race early. And Rebecca Cook is the first and only Democrat into the race in the third congressional right. district. That's why you get into the race early, because you can potentially capitalize on what happens in the news, on what happens in the campaign. And you better believe that she is trying to raise money off of this, just as any smart candidate would. Is there any reason why you wouldn't get into a race early? If you want to wait and see how the political conditions unfold, maybe you want to know if it's going to be a good year for Democrats. So you hedge your bets a little bit by waiting to see, hey, which way are the political winds blowing? But there is a lot of advantage to jumping in the race early because you can maybe get all of the attention to yourself, get some of that fundraising attention, and as is the case right now with Rebecca Cook taking advantage of this particular situation for fundraising purposes. Yeah, taking advantage in the easiest way possible. Hey, I'm not going to yell at your teenagers if they're ever in the Capitol, by the way. It's going to be really interesting, Rick, to see how the campaign unfolds. To what extent will Democrats go after Derek Van Orden on issues of temperament? To what extent will they go after him on issues? How many times does Derek Van Orden, you said he was on a radio show today, a very right-leaning radio yeah, show, right? You know, but, but in terms of when, when this gets closer to election time, he already snubbed all the media, basically, except very friendly media. He didn't do any debates. Uh, this isn't going to help that cause that, we, hey, we, we actually kind of want you to debate and talk about some of the issues. But then when the issue is, hey, do you have a temper, do you have a temper problem? Um, you know, it's going to be hard to get beyond that at some point. That's always going to be a question. Now. It's a big issue in the campaign. It could be a big issue in the campaign. Uh, you know, it, it certainly played a role in the 2022 election. We'll see what happens in 2024. To your point, Rick, Wisconsin Republicans have rallied around Derek Van Orden. Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, said that he would call Derek Van Orden just to see what happened, to get more information. McCarthy said he hoped that it was a misunderstanding, or at least he suspected it was just a misunderstanding. So we'll see if anything comes out in the news about the conversation between Speaker McCarthy and oh, Representative think, Van Orden. I think Orden. they probably, they already talked, but McCarthy, Van Orden said, yeah, it was a bleep of misunderstanding. What do you mean? Get off my case, McCarthy. No, he just yells at him. Uh, all right, we're going to go to the phones. Uh, go ahead, caller, who's this? 
Nate? Hey, Nate, did you, did, are you planning on changing your name to Subway to win free subs for life? <laughs> Why would I do? Oh, well, wait a second now. That, that wasn't Nate. <laughs> <laughs> it's Subway. Subway's on the phone. <laughs> All right, man, go ahead. I know I threw, I threw a wild card at you. Go ahead, man. What you got? Yeah, so you were talking about how Derek Van Orden didn't have any problem with the January 6th people or the protesters there, but at the same time, he has a problem with these people. But actually, I remember following him on Facebook um, around the time of January 6th, and on that day, he posted that uh, he was he wanted to get away from not only, you know, I, he said, I don't support this, I think this is wrong what they're doing there, and I'm going back to my hotel, I'm I'm. This is this is not what we do. Okay. So that's all. Of course, follow following up. That's why he didn't yell at him because he wanted to get a far as far away from it as he could. Yeah, which, I just yeah, I, mean, I feel like credit. I just want to say, you know. Oh yeah, that that that's a it's a little bit a little bit different than you know uh, if teenagers are lying on the Capitol floor and you go and yell at them, or if people are running into the Capitol to smear poop on the wall, you. Don't yell at them, but I get it. There's a th- what a thousand or thousands of people there. Hey, you, all of you kids, get off, get off these Capitol steps. And and to that point, we know that Representative Van Orden did not enter the Capitol itself. Now, some Democrats say he was in a restricted area. Mr. Van Orden says that he left as soon as the situation turned violent. Look, to, the facts to me aren't entirely clear. I, I certainly. I'm inclined to give people the benefit of the doubt. There are disputed facts surrounding the situation. We're done talking about it. (laughs) Moving on to more important things like Subway offering free sandwiches. Is it for life? If you change your name to Subway, how are they going to do this? I mean, they make so much money. I feel like if 500 people change their name to Subway. And also, could you do sub and then your middle name is Way? Can you do I it like that way? I like that idea. This other one, this other story that you threw at me, uh, Skittles, the candy with uh, that's like banned in Europe because it has some 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 substance in it that causes cancer. But anyway, in the U.S., Skittles and French's, so French's mustard, right? The, is that the like super cheap, just yellow, just yeah. mustard that uh, they officially ma- are, are making a mustard. Flavored Skittle? Is that what we're doing here? They are, Rick. According they- to uh, according to CNN Wire, this is yet another example of food-related marketing stunts. They have been increasing in frequency, if not always popularity, these food marketing stunts. Last year, there were hot dog-flavored popsicles and Velveeta martinis. Now we have mustard-flavored Skittles. I think they're doing this wrong. And I get it. It's National Mustard Day, so they're trying to do mustard flavored. Ah. Wait, they're trying to do mustard flavored Skittles, yes. right? Okay. What about Skittles flavored mustard? Ooh, I like that. It still works for National Mustard Day. You pour some mustard on what? What would you put Skittles flavored mustard on, though? Yeah, I feel like yeah. if you blended Skittles in the, but they all taste different, don't they? Doesn't every every Skittle is a different taste? They do. I mean, that's what I like so much about Skittles. Okay, so if, so you would have to take one color because it'd be weird to blend them all. Put it in a blender, and then you would have Skittles flavored mustard, essentially. Rick, it kind of reminds me of Donald Trump, who really likes the red uh, Starbursts. And so Kevin McCarthy, now the Speaker of the House, would have an intern get a bunch of 
Starburst, take out the red Starburst, put them in a jar, and bring them to President Trump. No, it'd be super funny if you had the intern take out all the red Starburst, put in, like, what is the worst one? Yellow? Oh, those are the worst ones. Put in, like, yellow ones in in their place. Seal the package back up, like, and then leave it on the desk for Trump if he comes into your office. Oh, then you're never and becoming then, Speaker of the House. And then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> you, and you mind if I take a pack of Skittles?" And he takes the pack of Skittles, he opens it up, and there's no. Take the pink ones out too while you're at it, but there's no red <laughs> ones in there. And Donald Trump's like, "What is this? They're all yellow." Uh, this is an area where I definitely agree with Donald Trump. The red Starburst are for sure the best. Red star. I'm pink, man. I think pink's the best. Yeah, they're both pretty good. And, wait, there's orange too. I don't know. No, 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 no. no. Okay. no. Um, all right, 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Um, do we have any other nonsense? Oh, the other nonsensical food story. We do have a Chick-fil-A here, and there's a chick. I don't know if this is like Chick-fil-A trying to do this, but um, if you go to the bank right now, do they still have the like boom, like the thing that you could you put your, your money or your whatever, your business into, the, do, into right? the air suction thing? You know, I actually had that happen to me. I was picking up a prescription for my wife at the Walgreens on Rose Street, and, and you got they your, have one. And you got your long sleeve shirt stuck in it, and it pulled your shirt right off yeah, your, in your car. I, I, it took me a while to figure <laughs> out how to use it. I'm like, well, I'm used to using this to deposit a check. I'm not use it, used to using this for picking up medicine. So Chick-fil-A kind of wants to do something. They, they want to put their sandwiches on conveyor belts i think and yes. then you just get your crap off a conveyor maybe your name is is spelled on a big in a big sharpie marker on the thing <laughs> but uh yeah because if, if chick-fil-a man they must this burn through like 10 billion chicken sandwiches a day i don't where are we getting all these chickens it's kind of scary <laughs> you know rick it's interesting the story you sent me said that there would be a four-lane drive-through a kitchen above a walk-up counter they want customers to skip the dining room they just want to churn out those orders as fast as they can and they want digital orders so they don't have to spend time taking the orders taking the money they just want you to order through the app and get your food that way so it's more efficient yeah because i mean i mean in terms of customer service because what do they say when you leave uh by pleasure by pleasure right like the 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 key all end all of, of phrases you're like Oh, well, th- well, thank you. Thank you for my chicken sandwich. My pleasure. Oh, my God, you're so nice. Um, the, the other thing I thought they were going to do instead of conveyor belts where they just like churn out the chicken sandwich on conveyors is something more akin to a hot dog gun where they just at the baseball games where they shoot a hot dog out at 80 miles an hour into the upper stands of the baseball game. Don't um, the Bucks have a brat gun? Yeah, the Bucks have a brat gun. Like, have you been to a Twins game where, oh, yeah. where, where they shoot the hot dog? Oh, absolutely. Hot dogs out. All right. We, uh, we got to take one more break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just gonna wrap up here. I, I have a just. I want a quiz. It's not even a quiz. I want to pick Tregowski's brain here because me and Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair and Third Congressional District Chair William Garcia argued about this on his podcast the other day, uh, WisdomNews.com/podcast. Um, all right, so he he's kind of making the case that this no labels party, which is fun, is it like Andrew Yang's new? Yeah, toy yeah. because billionaire Andrew Yang had a didn't he run for president last he, time? He did. The No Labels Party or the No Labels Movement brands itself as the middle ground between the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah. And they don't have a candidate, right? They do not. It won't be Andrew Yang again. Uh, you know, not really sure who their candidate would be if they even have a candidate. It seems really up in the air. You have to have a candidate, right? Uh, presumably, to run for president, you need a candidate. Okay. And then we have the Green Party, and it sounds like Cornell West would. But we we could have more than one candidate in each of these parties, right? They could have a primary. Absolutely. Okay, so Cornell West is like 
I don't know his history, but he's. I'm just going to say he's a black dude that that um, lefties probably would like. And I would assume that a lot of black people that are left are going to be like. So so William's trying to. So William Garcia is trying to argue with me that the No Labels Party, despite not having a candidate, is trying to is going to siphon Democratic votes from Joe Biden and 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 put Trump into power. That's kind of the game. That's the trick for the No Labels Party. It's being funded by Republicans, he says. And I go, if they don't have a candidate, you can't even argue that because if the candidate for No Labels was Ron DeSantis, they would it would pull Republican voters. So what is how is he, how is he trying to is he explaining this wrong or what am I not getting? Yeah, Rick. I mean, the big question is which candidate the third party would tend to take votes from. I think it's too soon to know. I have examined some data from polls and we're just not seeing a consistent signal about if a third party, particularly the no labels party, would tend to take more votes from Biden or Trump, who I at this point presume will be the Republican nominee. Really inconsistent data at this point. We definitely need to know it's, who the candidate is going to be before right. we can make that judgment. Right, because if it was a rightish person, right, because they're trying to be down the middle, and down the middle in my head is somebody that's going to be to the right because mm-hmm. we don't have a down the middle in this country. It's all to the right. Um, but, okay, so the Green – but my my argument was the Green Party, if Cornell West runs – and he's on the ballot, and, and black people start to learn about Cornell West. If he gets attention on media, because because the like the Hannitys of the world are bringing RFK Jr. on their show, and I don't know why, because he, RFK Jr. is not going to beat Biden in a primary. But if they brought Cornell West on their show and gave him all the headlines. That would definitely siphon votes from Joe Biden, would it not? Well, absolutely, Rick. I mean, the Green Party is a liberal party. And so if the Green Party is on the ballot, that will tend to take votes from the Democratic Party. We can imagine if there were no Green Party candidate, people who would vote for the Green Party would say, well, well, I think the Democrats kind of suck, but they're the closest to my own perspective. So I'll vote for them as the lesser of two evils, which is honestly how we think about the two party system a lot. I mean, if the if the game is to siphon votes from Joe Biden because you can't win votes by, you know, your whatever you're running for. If Donald Trump's trying to run far right, the the way he wins is siphon votes by having someone like Cornell West do it for you. Kanye West, you can. It's weird. They're both last names West. Kanye West. That was thought to be maybe the game there because Kanye and Trump, you know, hung out in his office together or whatever. But yeah, it just doesn't. It. it I mean, I don't know if Cornell West was running for president. I'd be like, mm, yeah, he's a better candidate than Joe Biden. I think that the risk for Democrats is that people would have that mindset, and it doesn't take a lot to swing the election. I mean, just think about some elections we've had with third-party candidates. They might get 2 th- or 3% of the vote, but in a close election like we are accustomed to having in Wisconsin, that 2 or 3% could potentially be decisive. I know you don't have the numbers in front of you, but Hillary Clinton almost lost Minnesota, mm-hmm. which is all Democrat now and is always Democrat for the most part. Hillary Clinton almost lost that, and I would say it was because of the third party. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. I mean, you know, if a third party candidate had pulled some more votes in Minnesota, it is very possible that Hillary Clinton could have lost. In that particular election, 2016, Jill Stein was the Green Party candidate. If Jill Stein had gotten some more votes in Minnesota 
then Hillary Clinton might well have lost that election in Minnesota with the third party candidate playing that spoiler role. And in the American political system, we don't think about third party candidates as having any serious chance of winning. We think about them as maybe throwing the election one way or another when it comes to stripping away votes from one of the two party candidates. Is is William just jumping ahead here by saying that the no labels party is is out to to destroy Joe Biden's chances to win because they're they're nefariously doing this versus the Green Party. I feel like the Green Party would have more of an impact. Oh, there. the Green Party would definitely have more of an impact. But I think both parties are correct to be concerned about a third party challenger. At this point, we just don't know how a third party from the no labels movement, the more moderate movement, would affect the election. But the two parties are correct to be wondering about that. We just don't know. We can go right up. Um, last thing, I, and I, I don't watch enough, and maybe you don't watch enough right wing news. Is Cornell West getting on these shows? Because why wouldn't why wouldn't the Republicans put them on and just and just let him go? Don't even like argue with him. Just let him do his thing, and then see you later. Rick, it really is mostly RFK Jr. who is getting attention from conservative media. Why is that? It doesn't make any sense. It's not going to help them at all. You know, it, it isn't. I mean, if you look at the polls. RFK Jr. has strong favorable numbers from Republicans and weak favorable numbers from Democrats. Now, he happens to be running for the Democratic Party nomination. Yeah, I mean, it just really doesn't add up his strategy because if you look at the polls in the Democratic Party nomination contest, Biden 